everybody. I want to welcome you guys back to Grace Off Stage. It's been a while, hasn't it? Right? We've had a short kind of hiatus. Uh, it wasn't planned. It's a combination. We had some technical difficulties. We had our main computer go down the first week that we were that uh, we went silent, and then we had the killing of uh, George Floyd. And to be honest, all of our topics just felt um, wasn't that they aren't important. It was just that in this moment, it felt like we needed to just kind of pay attention to what was happening in the country. And, you know, personally, I, I wanted to jump out on the, you know, uh, out here in the podcast with you guys and speak with you about everything that's happening. But I really felt like it's more my responsibility as, um, you know, as a white pastor in the South to spend my time trying to listen, uh, praying, uh, trying to process, trying to learn trying to understand uh, each side, trying to hear where these emotions are coming from uh, and uh, just be a little bit slower to get out here and speak. Because even though uh, we all have our opinions, uh, as a pastor, you know, as someone who really tries to offer some some guidance and to kind of be a guide through some of these difficult times, I really felt like the best thing to do for the last few weeks was to be quiet. So that, you know, that's what we've done. Now, I'm excited to be back with you today, and obviously we're going to talk a little bit about the, you know, the things that have been unfolding. And so uh, today what I want to talk about is what's next, right? We have uh, protests, we have this, this uh, terrible um, uh, incident that's taken place, and unfortunately it kind of symbolizes a lot of what's already been happening in our country for many years. And we've seen a reaction, uh, a wave of protests in our country that we've never seen like this before, at least not in this scale. And at the same time, we already have a country that's never been more divided since maybe the Civil War, right? The, uh, uh, the tensions were already high for us. You know, you could already sense in the country, right? So on top of all that, now we have this increased kind of uh, 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 strife and tension. Uh, what's going on now? We we now just found out that um, nine councilmen from um, Minneapolis have agreed to defund the uh, police department there in that city. It's a movement that's now, uh, it seems like it's gaining traction in the country. And again, this is now adding even more fuel to a flame that was already burning quite hot. So what do we make of this? How do we react to this? You know, and, and so, you know, what I have in mind, of course, is our uh, spiritual family of a color and kind of the emotions and thoughts that they are going through. I'm thinking about our, our more progressive listeners and, and kind of how they are processing this. And, and, you know, I'm also trying to think about, you know, the uh, conservative audience that we definitely have here at Grace Church and how they are responding to this. And then, of course, in my mind, I begin to think about the various police officers uh, who I know personally. How are they responding to this and how are their emotions as they you know, hear people uh, chant and, and protest and as they see signs about trying to take away their jobs? And this is, this is a very serious thing, right? And so let's go ahead and just you know, open this thing up today. Um, First of all, I want to say this about uh, everything that we're seeing, uh, everything that we're feeling. Understand that anger is a very uncomfortable emotion for most of us who have grown up here in the West. Anger is not something that we really understand very well, right? Anger is an emotion that 
when we experience anger, we first just want to find any way that we can to uh, suffocate that anger, to uh, defer it, to quiet it, to quelch it, right? To get it to stop, right? Um, as, as we're watching these, these protests, and as on Facebook you continue to see people uh, responding by just kind of shutting down or fighting, the fight or flight is kicking in for everyone right now, right? Have you begun to kind of insulate yourself? Are you, are you spending less time on social media because you just can't take it right now? Are you beginning to fight? Are you shutting down your ability to learn, to listen, and all that you know to do right now is to attack, 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 right? Is, are you, you know, turning to your fight instinct in this moment right now? Or are you someone who's putting a lot of energy and time right now, and you are trying your best to avoid shutting down, to, uh, to avoid freezing, to avoid the reaction to want to run away from this, to ignore it? Are you also trying to avoid the overreaction, if you would, to attack, knowing that this isn't always the most productive uh, response to these types of things? So let me just kind of start to kind of walk through some various things, some points, some, some truths that are going on here that I really feel like are important for us. Uh, here's the first one, personally. Shutting down is not the best, most mature reaction right now. Now, it is survival, meaning if you sense that need to shut down, it means that you are being overwhelmed. You do not know how to cope with this. It's okay to feel that way, but if you are shutting down, you need to find the energy inside yourself to resist shutting down, to resist flight. It's important in these moments to grow. And the only way for us to grow is to allow that tension, that stretching, that exhaustion, that pulling us beyond our comfort zone, allow it to do its work. These moments of growth for a culture, for a society, for a nation, for a community, for a person, these areas of tension are exactly where we need to be as followers of Christ. This is where the growth happens. This is where the, the followers of Christ who take it seriously. We know that we follow Christ into one of his most important roles, which is that of the intercessor. Now, when you think of an intercessor, don't think of, of uh, you know, someone uh, who spends their life in a room praying. That's not what we're talking about. An intercessor, uh, someone who intercedes, meaning someone who literally, physically is stepping in between. There are tensions on two sides. There are opinions on two sides. There is a, a force on either side. And someone who intercedes steps in the gap. They step into the middle of the tension, into the middle of the risk of the danger. And this is where they operate, to bring reconciliation, to reconcile. So again, if you take following Jesus seriously, you will understand that we do not have the right in this moment to hide. This is where we have to follow Christ into the middle of the tensions that we're experiencing. Now, if you are someone who is coping with the attack and you are fighting, all you know to do right now is to fight, push back, to deny, to ignore, you know, to argue you again. You are not following the Spirit of Christ in this moment fully. Now, all anger is not bad. I'm not telling you that you can't be angry. I'm not even telling you that you can't fight something somehow. But I'm telling you, be careful who you're fighting and how you are fighting. Again, our model as Christians is always Christ. Now, as an American, as a human, as a person, as whatever it is that your background may be, you might find other models. And I understand that. 
But if being a Christian is, is important to you, if you take that as your most important identity as a human being, then following the example of Christ takes precedent over anything else, over any Facebook, over any you know, philosophical leader or a political leader. Christ becomes our king in these moments, right? This is where we follow Christ into the tension, uh, uh, into the antagonism. Um, had this uh, teacher in uh, seminary, uh, David Fitch, awesome guy. He always uses this word, the antagonisms. We follow Christ into the middle of the antagonisms where each side is trying to get at each other. That's exactly what we're experiencing right now. So if you're trying to shut down, to, to flee, to freeze, you need to resist it. Allow yourself to, to, to give more energy, more time, more of your emotions to sitting in the tensions, to listening to things that are pulling your emotions beyond their comforts and they're taking your reasons, your processing, your imagination to places you have not been before. This is part of the work of being a follower of Christ. Again, if you are fighting, if all that you can do right now is just allow that emotional anger and frustration out, you need to find ways to control yourself. I'm not saying you have to get rid of all the anger. I'm saying you have to be careful how you are fighting. Okay, now, um, okay, so how do we begin to process this, right? Okay, Devin, it's one thing to say to, to stay here in attention. It's one thing to say, you know, to, to try to control my anger. But what do we do with this, right? How do we actually begin to respond to this? Now, first of all, um, the first thing that we need to do after we are kind of aware of how we internally are responding and we begin to pay attention to that and to make sure that we're, we're staying in these tensions in a healthy Christ-like way, then we first have to understand what is happening. What is anger in this moment? I know that there's a lot of frustrations with these protests. With with um, you know, we've seen some violence. We've seen some rioting. You know, we've seen looting. First of all, let's just acknowledge some truth here. Let's just be level-headed, intelligent human beings and followers of Christ. Acknowledge this: there have there have most likely been looting and riots and acts of violence from protesters and from some, some antagonizers within the protesters, meaning people who aren't really interested at all in the actual uh, reform. They're out to just cause you know, harm. Let's just acknowledge that there's probably some of all of this going on. There are probably some people who gen- genuinely want to change and who also acted in, uh, in, and were a part of things that are unhealthy and unlawful. Let's also be level-headed people about what's happening on the other side. Uh, you can be a fan of Trump or a huge supporter of law enforcement or, you know, the National Guard, and still use your reason to understand and to accept that more likely than not, there has been actions by the police, uh, um, by law enforcement in various cities, by the National Guard in various cities, and by... Uh, even President Trump in D.C., there have been uh, decisions and actions that have been truthfully just harmful and against everything that these institutions of, of uh, structure and safety are supposed to provide for us. We can, in one hand, say, you know what, I guarantee that there were actions by some of these protesters or people among the protesters which were unlawful and were wrong. And we can also say, that I also believe that there were actions by those in uniform or those in power who, again, 
should not have done what they did. Those actions or decisions were wrong. And we can be able to acknowledge both. But in acknowledging those things, we do not need to allow it to take us away from what's important. I hear so often, well, you know, they're looting and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I understand that. But we cannot allow these other issues that do have importance. We do need to discuss these things. But we cannot allow these things to take our focus off of what matters and what, and I'll say this, what has the most importance in this moment. Not They all matter. But what has the most importance in this moment is answering this. Why are people protesting? Why? Where is this coming from? There's only two possibilities, right? Either this is manufactured, meaning there's nothing really here that's worth this type of protest, that's worth this much frustration or uh, worth being voiced. So it's either fake or there's truth, meaning or there's truly something here that needs to change. Now, I want to come back to the anger. We don't typically handle anger well. We don't typically respond to this emotion well. But I want to explain something about anger, okay? Anger might be a secondary emotion, meaning it always comes from somewhere else. Anger is only triggered when something else, some other human need, is not being met, okay? In the same way that you experience pain, right? Uh, You know, say you are on your bike, you fall off your bike and you break your arm, right? You experience pain. That pain isn't really anything on its own, right? That experience you're having, that that sensation in your arm, that that burning or tingling uh, that's happening, what this is is a signal being sent to your brain, right? And there is a system in your body that is informing your brain that there is something wrong. There's something wrong here, and there is an impending danger, meaning that pain is not just trying to tell you that something's broken. That pain is trying to tell you If we do not repair what is broken, this could lead to further harm. And this is how I want you to really begin to understand protests. It's how I want you to understand anger. When, if you're a parent or if you have, you know, friends who have kids, if you're a grandparent, when a child begins to to freak out and to yell and, and throw fits, when they, when kids at school are getting in fights, I want you to understand something. That anger that you are seeing in the behavior, that is only on the surface. That is surface behavior, meaning there is something deeper. There is a need, there is something that is missing that this human being must have met that is not being met. And this anger is a way of signaling, of trying to wave this red flag in the air. There's something wrong here. Danger, danger. If this is not repaired, there will be deeper harm done. Anger signals that something is wrong. Even if those experiencing anger don't know what is wrong. Oftentimes when I experience anger, I have no idea what's really causing me to be angry. Most times it's not what I'm, you know, uh, channeling my anger at in the moment. Say my wife, you know, walks in the room and says something and just triggers me, sets me off. My anger isn't really about her. There's something else that It was already stirring that anger. So when I experience anger, I have to slow down and ask myself, where is this coming from? What we need to understand with these riots, there are so many things to talk about. Hey, you know, it's it's important for us to value those in, um, in, in uniform. You're absolutely right. It's important for us to, you know, to understand 
that, you know, we have to have consequences for looting. I got you. I understand. Whatever it is that thing is for you, I get it. But don't lose sight of the first thing of the most importance right now is that this anger, this outrage, this grief, whatever it is that's driving these streets to be filled with human beings, there is a warning sign here. There is something broken that needs to be repaired. And before you jump to any kind of um, conclusion, oh, well, it's just the liberals, it's just Antifa, it's just, you know, um, you know, MAGA people, whatever your first conclusion is, stop right there. The mature approach of someone who is educated, someone who is mentally and emotionally healthy, is to always question our assumptions. Even myself, I'm always questioning my assumptions. Do not assume you know exactly what the issue is or how it needs to be solved. Do not make assumptions in this moment. What we do right here is we allow this anger, these protests, even rioting and looting, we allow it to catch our attention. We give it a moment. We say, yes, there are so many discussions. Yes, we need to understand that rioting cannot continue. Lawlessness cannot continue. We need to understand these things, blah, 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 blah. But we do not allow them to move our attention too far forward. And this is what always happens in these moments. We always find excuses to justify taking our attention away from the anger and the hurt and the pain. And here's why, because anger, hurt, and pain are the things that we are not mentally and emotionally mature enough to handle. <laughs> I know for me right now, one of the hardest things for my personality is to accept guilt. I do not do well with guilt. It makes me shut down instantly. If you know Enneagram, I am a type two. And so shame and guilt are things I do not respond well to. And so every time that someone has come to try to talk with me about uh, systemic racism in the church and what I need to be doing as a pastor, I instantly have to check myself because I get very defensive. It's not that I don't care. I care so much, and it hurts me if there's any point where I have to own up that I have, have been a part of causing harm to the people. It destroys me from the inside out. It's very difficult for me to handle that, and I have to know that about myself. But in some way, shape, or form, all of us are uncomfortable with this type of emotion, with pain and grief and suffering, and even with anger and rage. And in this moment, as followers of Christ, our responsibility first and foremost is to sit in the tension. Let me tell you right now, I know all the reasons for us to kind of, you know, to want to ignore this. I have so many police officers who I know, who I think are just some of the most amazing people in the world, truthfully, loving, caring, supportive, kind. There are so many cities in this country who have voiced extreme appreciation. It wasn't too long ago that it was 9-11 when we saw the people in blue and the people and firefighters and first responders who were sprinting up the stairs as this thing collapsed to save lives. We know the value of what these people bring us. Most officers who wear the badge who go out every single day, put their lives in harm's way to protect other people. And most of them, and again, this is my assumption from my experiences, and, I'm, and I know it's not everyone's. I would assume that most of these people go out there with the best intentions, trying to protect people. But even as I say that, I already understand that my experience of law enforcement is not 
is not the same as everyone's experience. My experiences, I do not get to journalize those and apply them to everyone. My experiences have overwhelmingly been positive. But I can even tell you this. Even as a white male in the South, I've experienced police officers on power trips. I've even experienced that. And it's not, and it's nothing compared to these stories we're talking about. I've experienced police officers who I trust. I'm so glad that they are around, that they're, you know, helping protect our people. As a pastor, we employ one uh, each Sunday that we gather, you know, uh, to make our people safer. And I, and I, I love those people, and I appreciate the way they carry themselves, right? It's terrific. But I've, even I, even I have met police officers who did not create that who were on a power trip, who did abuse their power. It was very frustrating. And again, this is nothing compared to what we're talking about to the scale we're talking about. And so one of the things that I want to express right now is that our biggest responsibility is to sit in the tension. Let the anger vent. Personally, I do not personally believe that the solution is to defund the police completely. And I don't plan to get into all the practicals. I'll, I'll be one of the first people to tell you this. I'm not a very good practicals leader. I'm a great visionary. I'm a great one-on-one working through the mental, emotional stages of it, but the practicals are not my strength. But even right now, I am not a huge fan of fully defunding the uh, 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 police departments. Here's what I am a fan of right now. I am a fan of letting every single frustration fully vent because right now, This time in this moment is not about solutions. Anger is a great tool to signal that something is wrong, but anger is not a great tool for problem solving. But I want want us to all understand how change happens. If there is something that's, that's, it is unbalanced, picture a ship, right? Like an old pirate ship, right? And you can picture it in the waves, and as it begins to kind of be tossed by the waves, it goes from, you know, it's, it's leaning all the way to the right with this wave and then all the way to the left, right? Imagine that this ship is unbalanced. Say you've got like 10 barrels on one side, right? And then all of a sudden the wave hits it and then all 10 barrels roll to the other side, right? The way that change happens is not subtly. That's not how change happens. Change happens when there is an injustice, when something is wrong, when anger is signaling that something is broken. Typically, there is an unbalance, meaning everything is on one side. It's too unbalanced to one direction. Ideally, in a perfect world, we would gently kind of bring one barrel at a time to the other side of the ship to gently balance it. That would be the best. It would have the less kind of consequences. It wouldn't be harmful to anyone else. It wouldn't be, you know, shocking, jarring, scary, risky. But that's not how change happens. If you look at history, whether it's other empires, cultures, whether it's here in the States, Change always comes by going from one extreme and radically rushing to another extreme, and then with time, finding its way back to a balanced solution. You need to understand, in this time right now, we need to allow the radical push for change to continue to push. But also understand that it doesn't mean that this push is the solution. This push is going to lead to a solution. I do believe that in the same way that people have frustrations understanding the whole term Black Lives Matter, this is the same type of mental growth we have to have here, right? The push 
in the, in the phrase Black Lives Matter. And as a pastor in the South, I'm just going to say this, Black Lives Matter. The push here is not saying that white lives or, hey, me, right, a Pacific Islander Asian lives don't matter. We're not saying Hispanic lives don't matter. What we're saying is there is an imbalance. We're saying that right now all of the barrels or the majority of barrels are on the wrong side of the ship. And right now to get us, to get the balance, to get the ship to be leveled, to get this thing to be less unbalanced, to get this thing to have what we call justice, which is the word balance, right? The scales to be equal, right? The image of blind justice, you know, holding the scales. To get the scales with the balances to be level, we've got to begin to move towards the other direction. We've got to begin to move barrels from one side of the ship to the other side. And so every time we say black lives matter, it's not saying other lives matter less. It's saying in this country, black lives haven't mattered enough. And the only way for us to bring the value of black lives up is to emphasize the value of black lives. It's not to de-emphasize the value of other lives. It's that in this moment, this is where the, the scales need to begin to be equal. This is where we need to begin to rebalance our ship. Are you, you know, do are white people shot by police officers? Yes. Are Hispanics shot by police officers? Yes, we understand all of this. But none of these races have the type of systemic racism rooted in our national history. And the moment that we begin to say, oh, well, that's nothing, or that was so long ago, or blah, 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 or we had a black president, whatever that is, the moment we begin to push away from that, stop yourself. Am I thinking first as a follower of Christ? Are these words and responses coming from the scriptures? The answer will always be no. I guarantee you this. If you say that they are, then I guarantee you don't know the scriptures enough. If you say, oh, this is God, no, I guarantee you are not enough in uh, yielding to the Spirit of Christ in that moment. This is not the way these things work, right? We have to understand that all of those needs to push back if you are not someone of color. And if you are fighting against this phrase, Black Lives Matter, understand it's not coming from the Spirit of Christ. And if you would like to, to go into the Scriptures with me about that, I would love to sit down with you about that. Not to argue to prove my point, but to truthfully to answer any questions you have. As followers of Christ, and again, I cannot pastor you or teach you or counsel you on how to be a better American or a better, you know, whatever it is. I don't care about those things. But if you care about being a follower of Christ, this I have plenty of knowledge and teaching and wisdom for you. If following Christ is your number one priority, which by the way, to be a Christian, it has to be. If you call yourself a Christian, then at some point in your life, you announce Jesus as Lord, meaning the supreme governing authority over your life is to follow Jesus of Nazareth. And if this is something you take seriously, then every time you begin to push against this movement, you need to ask yourself, where is this coming from the Scriptures? Is this the Holy Spirit speaking through me? And the answer, I guarantee you, is no. Now, it's okay for us to be human. It's okay for us to have fight or flight. It's okay for us to, to want to avoid guilt or shame. It's okay for us to want to avoid these things, but we can't stay there. Flight, freeze, fight, these are not acceptable reactions for us as mature followers of Christ. 
There is something that's being signaled in the anger in our country right now, and the church must be the first to pay attention to it. We must be the first. It doesn't mean that the anger will have the solution. It means the anger is going to push us towards the solution, and we have to allow ourselves to be moved towards the direction of the solution, meaning moving us towards the balancing of the scales. This is where we are moving towards right now. If you're afraid right now, if you are in law enforcement and you're afraid of losing your job, I feel for you. That is a real fear. But I encourage you, even as someone in law enforcement, allow yourself to listen and sense the anger, the warning sign. It's not that you are guilty of it personally. But the question is, how are you going to react to it now that it's here? Am I going to allow it to open my eyes? Am I going to be more sensitive to any type of systemic or personal racism in my department, in my own personal actions with with people I deal with as a law enforcement agency? Um, Am I going to allow this just to cause me to shut down? Am I just going to ignore this? Am I going to speak out? Am I going to be a part of change in this? We can say in the same moment that Every personal experience you might have had with police officers could be the best. You could be an amazing police officer with amazing police officer friends. And we can acknowledge all of that is true. But we can also take the time to listen to the warning sign that's coming out of our country right now, that there are people of color in our country who have not experienced on a broad scale the same type of treatment as other citizens. And this is something we must listen to because anger Warning signs are always showing us that there is something that if we do not address the deeper issue, there will be greater harm coming. So as we move forward, I'm not someone interested in the practicals. That's not my strength. But I am interested in trying to guide you as a follower of Christ through this. And I want you to understand that as we go through this right now, our primary job is to not freeze, to not run, and to not fight it. Let the anger get your attention. Let the volume get your attention. Let it pull you emotionally, mentally to consider, think, process, pray about things you normally would not have prayed about. Allow it to affect you. Allow it to cause you to examine yourself. Allow it to move us as the church and as a nation towards a solution. But if you experience fear and fret over, you know, frustration, whatever, don't assume that, these, that the anger is the solution. More often than not, the anger is not the solution. The things that are on signs, things that are being chanted right now, most likely are not the, the actual solutions we'll land at. But these are engines. These are things that are going to move us and push us towards the solutions that we need. So again, if you are a serious follower in Christ, I encourage you, these are times for us to, to muster the energy and strengthen time to begin to listen, process, and to learn, and to sit in the tensions with people. Become a safe place. Be someone who your friends of color can talk to. Be someone who law enforcement officers can come to you and talk to you, that, uh, that family members of law enforcement officers can come and talk to you and find support, find uh, love, find an ear to listen to. Uh, I want us to be those people where they find safety and support because we love them and we honor them, but we also know that there are systemic things, meaning things in the Scriptures called powers and principalities, which we know the church must be a part of bringing change in. 
even if we don't know how yet. So have a good week. I'm excited to have some other news for you. I plan to sit down with Pastor Wayne this week and uh, record a podcast episode with Pastor Wayne where we'll be talking about the spiritual gifts, uh, several practicals. Even though it, it's not directly on these topics we're dealing with right now, I feel like the need to be able to hear the Spirit of God over our own emotions, opinions, thoughts, ideas, YouTube videos is very important right now. And so we're going to talk to Pastor Wayne about how to hear the Spirit of God and uh, how to know when it's God or not us. So have a great week. I will be with you next Monday. Hopefully we'll get this podcast back rolling in a very consistent way. Uh, As always, guys, we love you. Uh, We'll see you next Monday.